Welcome to Happy Times and Places. I, Toby Haydock, am a sucker for all things Doctor Who, so I've asked a friend to follow me up the stairs and tell me the best bits of a Doctor Who story that they have chosen. But before they tell me, I have to see if I can guess what those favourite things are. Hello, I'm Izzy Lawrence. I'm a comedian, I am a history presenter, and I also write children's books. So if you can have a look behind me, The Unstoppable Letty Peg, it's out now. It's very good, it's very nice, you should get it. It's about um, suffragettes beating up policemen, but for kids, so the violence is real. Anyway, um, lovely to meet you guys. Ooh, I also do a podcast called Terrible Lizards, which is all about dinosaurs. If you're a bit nerdy, you'll like that as well. And I'm not accusing you of being nerdy, um, but yeah, if you go to izzy.com, you'll... You'll find me. Um, so yes, um, Toby asked me to do this and he asked me to pick an episode. And to be honest, I thought what rekindled my love for Doctor Who, because I'd watched a little bit, you know, on old VHS tapes that had been recorded off the television and um, <laughs> when I was a kid. But really what started me off, I'm afraid, was the new, you know, the new Doctor, uh, which was Christopher Eccleston, who is pretty much my favourite. And Christopher Eccleston is my favourite mainly because of this episode no it's not run for your life it's none of that it is dalek because in dalek he loses his anyway it's amazing so um what i want you to do is just to enjoy it um uh, as much as i did and to me it really hit home because guess what i was about the same age as rose tyler is in this when i first watched it on the tv in my little student flat so um i want you to um sit back relax enjoy and uh yeah and i will tell toby uh what particularly i look out for when studying this um epic episode when uh, one dalek is more terrifying than a hundred thousand um well i hope like me you're grinning uh because of izzy's introduction i love her energy um her doing this was a suggestion of actually uh a listener chris arkel who said uh why don't you try izzy now i know izzy she's a facebook friend of mine but like many facebook friends of mine i've met her twice i gigged with her once and i bumped into her once at piccadilly station and i'm pretty sure that's the only two times our paths have crossed so i probably haven't seen her in a decade or so um but this modern world you know people are only a uh, 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 a keyboard away which is odd isn't it um and one of the positives of uh, this modern world in which we live but uh because i haven't seen her for ages i love that video it filled me through with so much joy i think especially as a bloke seeing uh a, a sort of a female geek as it were you know who is funny and enthusiastic and has such a sort of sparky energy i love her energy um and and, and is the sort of person i think we were conditioned to believe didn't exist you know what i mean um uh, and that this whole i think you know particularly i know there were female doctor who fans before i'm not excluding them but but i think this whole new you know post 2005 Doctor Who has coincided with a world where perhaps social conditioning is less restrictive of people and uh, and it means that, you know, being addicted to Doctor Who or, or having things to say about Doctor Who is not just the preserve of uh, blokes of a certain age and, and dem particularly of a certain demographic, which of course means that it continues to be relevant. Its relevance goes into different places as is expressed by different receivers in different ways and it means that it will continue to be relevant and it will live on 
So I'm delighted because I don't think I've ever really had a conversation with Izzy about Doctor Who. So um, uh, and I'm glad she's doing so brilliantly well as well, which is lovely. Um, and she's got some things to say about Dalek. Now, I've brought a notebook because, you know, when I'm watching classic series who I just have to th choose one thing per episode but when I get to the end of this 42 minutes I'll have had to have chosen five things which Izzy has also done uh and I I don't want to be struggling at the end because as you could tell it's already quite late at night um to, to choose five things and choose bad ones which I have been known to do in the past so without further ado I am watching on a thing called an iPlayer which is <laughs> Uh, a very newfangled thing, which means you can watch any television on your television uh, without having to get a, a, a disc or a cassette and putting it into another machine. So this is, uh, I only have to use even one remote control, which is delightful. So, uh, oh, I might have to just turn the volume down slightly for your benefit. Alexa, volume four. Let's see what uh, happens there. It may be a bit louder, may need to turn it down. Slightly. It as in the programme, not it as an Alexa, who I, I think I will refer to as a she. Um, it's a one-word story. It is Dalek. Uh, finding five things to say about this should be relatively straightforward. I remember when this was new. It is now <laughs> horrifyingly over 15 years old. Right. Let's play. In three, two, one. Now, this uh, Doctor Who couldn't have been more exciting at this time. And, of course, the genesis of this was that f for a while, uh, uh, you know, the, the Daleks were not going to appear in new Doctor Who, as this was then. Uh, and I remember not being that worried because it was just the fact that Doc 2 was back it was only then when they were taken away and then suddenly they were back that I that I actually re was reminded what a big deal the Daleks are um uh, and it's because one of my earliest memories is Destiny of the Daleks but then we didn't see the Daleks till till Resurrection and that you know so a, only, I only have four Dalek stories in living memory um but they are a big deal uh and they sell so much more than all the others on DVD, you know, the general public like the Daleks. Um, uh, and, and actually, because this was the sort of m almost the mid-season restart. Uh, oh, and there's the first Cyberman we see in a New Who. And I love that design. It's a sort of revenge uh, invasion combo. Um, and that and that for 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 you know an old school fan to have as a little present at the start of this uh was absolutely lovely it was a beautiful touch and the fact that it's not just a cursory oh there's look you could see a cyberman in the background the you know they actually make use of the fact that it's got teardrops and 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 you have that close up while the doctor's being wistful and and you know the the level of detail in these episodes i think is extraordinary and 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 uh, you know as a fan was so welcome i mean look at that that wide shot of the museum um and actually, it's not it's not one of the most dramatic uh, pre-title zones, actually. So it's quite a low-key start to what is the mid-season kickstart. So, you know, we've had the first night out of the way. We've had the, the present day, the future, the past, the first return to Earth and two-parter. And now it's like, okay, 
because Russell T. Davis is very clever, uh, how do we, you know, how do we make sure that people don't think it's business as usual? Well, let's bring the Daleks back. In fact, let's bring one Dalek back. And it's how stark is that? Dalek, just the one. Stroke of genius. <clears throat> and Rob Shearman, of course, had been a, you know, a, a writer who'd done so much for, for Big Finish uh, that it was, you know, it was quite exciting news that, that, that uh, you know, one of Big Finish's, uh, you know, one of the, the people who produced the, 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 the Big Finish stuff that people really talked about was, was now doing the TV show. And as it turns out, his only episode of, of TV Doctor Who. Oh, how, how could he have... Uh, flourished if he'd done more uh, and now that actor Stephen Breckingham there gets top billing because he's the first person to speak I will do a podcast on uh, the credits order of new series uh, who because it does sometimes do an order of appearance and sometimes not um, but he's an American actor uh, uh, as is Corey Johnson here uh, Anna Louise Plowman is from New Zealand I think um, and I, I do remember a couple of fans on forums at the time saying she says the word helipad wrong uh uh and and i think had this story been done a year later um i i mean she, anna louise plowman convinces me as an american and she's done a lot on american tv but uh, i'm not going to argue with the uh, american viewers who say i'm, I'm going to listen out for how she says helipad did you say helipad did she say helipad um and uh, nigel whitme there is a Canadian actor that plays a lot of uh, Americans on TV. But I think had this been done a year later, you'd have got a big name to play uh, Corey Johnson's part here. Corey Johnson is a UK-based uh, American actor who, who sort of crops up in, uh, a, you know, a, a lot of a lot of movies filmed here that needed American. There's a good niche and there's a good cabal of um, uh, UK-based American actors um, who crop up in movies so you know you can get you can sustain a, a good career and he does guest parts on British television as well um, and he's fine and I, and I know they I think they tried for Larry Hagman and I think they tried for Michael Brandon uh, who crops up later um, not for very long um, but uh and Larry Hagman has since since died, hasn't he? Uh, J.R. Ewing from Dallas. That would have been a big headline grabber. I mean, the fact is that the Dalek is the headline grabber. But I still think if this had been a year later, they could have probably pushed the boat out and got a, a, a sort of headline grabbing American star and, you know, and flown somebody over. Um, we were so close to getting Dennis Hopper, weren't we? For but he, That's partially because he was here for uh, Voyage of the Damned. Dennis Hopper in Doctor Who. Um, uh, uh, I forget how good Billy Piper is. She's going to smack you if you keep calling a she. Um, and Bruno Langley had uh, left Coronation Street. Uh, and again, interesting, because Coronation Street was what everybody else watched. Having somebody recognisable from a mainstream popular show doing the Doctor Who thing did lend it a bit of credibility, even though I'm not a massive fan of Adam. You're not supposed to be a massive fan of Adam. Um, he's supposed to be a character with shortcomings. But but seeing him running down the corridors when he's an actor you've been used to seeing on the cobbles in, you know, in, in an 
everyday drama, as it were, help to ground this new sci-fi show in the recognisable world. So, so the casting wasn't just about, you know, getting stars that the press would talk about, obviously getting the right people for the job who could play the part in the way that the writers and directors and producers envisaged, but also it's, it's, it's helping to enable this strange show to infiltrate the, 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 the landscape of popular culture, which hadn't, which, 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 which was going to have to reassimilate Doctor Who because it had been outside of it and actually viewed somewhat askance. Um, so it's very, it's very, there's a lot of very clever planning that has gone into a lot of this and a lot of things. And I don't know, I don't know how conscious that was, but it's all stuff that helped tip the balance in favour of, of the show. This is beautiful. This, uh, uh, I mean, we'd seen a bit of this because it had been on, it had been on the Jonathan Ross, the Jonathan Ross show had a series of clips and there'd been a, there'd been a few clips Oh, and, and obviously the the next time on. But look, to reveal the Dalek just with that little light. And then, of course, because the, cause the ears light up when they speak. I know they're not ears. They, they, well, they're where it, the ears are. I, Dalek ears. Uh, that is magnificent. That is as good a reveal for... I, there's not a rule book, is there, for bringing back an iconic monster that hasn't been on the screen for... God knows how many years in a program that was a joke and that are a bit of a cliche because they can't climb the stairs, uh, uh, but that also need to be introduced for a new generation whilst keeping the same design uh, that they had in the original series so as not to be, um, uh, you know, a complete reimagining. Uh, you know, there's a whole set of circumstances there and they get every one of them right. I mean, I know that you know, one of the things that they'd, they'd had to do um, was not only uh, introduce the Dalek to a new generation of viewers, whilst not disappointing the, the old generation, is, well, I don't know if they had to, but I know that Rob, Rob has said um, that he asked his wife what all the worst things about the Daleks were. You know, they can't climb stairs, what's that sucker for? And to make a virtue of those and to overcome those so somebody gets their face sucked off with the suffer that that you know they say you can't climb the stairs it climbs the stairs so basically anything that the viewer is going yeah the daleks aren't all that because they're then going to go omg as as people do in the modern day um the pov of the dalek is great uh eccleston is superb uh, this is a brilliant piece of acting the sort of battle scarred guilty yeah, the 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 the, and look at the the sort of out of focus Dalek in the back, um, dead. Yeah, so good, so good. Having having this Doctor as a sort of battle scarred person who's lost, and having him as the last of the Time Lords, again, a fantastic trip. You know couple of things to hang his character off that stop him being an omniscient wiseacre that stop him being just this lightweight jokey guy but 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 give him the the weight as well um oh and the dalek is sad and nicholas briggs actually that's isn't that a wonderful story of of, of a person who's a fan 
who's a performer, who's an actor, who is also a, a, a vo- voice synthesizer geek because he loves the Daleks. So when he does what you've got to do in this business and you make your own work and what he did with his with Jason and, and Gary and all the big Finnish people, set up your company and make the show that you love because it's not on anymore. You play the Daleks because you know the Daleks because you've studied them and you've, but you know you he, he he can tell you the setting of each, you know, each folk order bit for each machine for each era, um. So becomes the guy who does the Daleks for Big Finish, his own company. Um. So when they come to do it, Russell T Davis goes, well, there's a guy who could do the Daleks. He's got to do them in the series. Wonderful. Well, nice that. Again, the new series doesn't cut itself off from the people who've been, you know, keeping the flame burning, albeit to a smaller audience, but it doesn't matter. Um, You know, a a, a lot of people would have gone, we will distance ourselves from them because we're in charge now and I'm sorry, but you're not important. Um, In order to plough their own pharaoh and buff up their own importance but Russell T Davis is secure enough to go no actually these people are important we're important in a different way and on a different landscape and on a different canvas but we're not going to deny the undoubted skill that goes into this stuff uh, and and what these people have done and I think that's really nice and that's that's not to be taken for granted um, and it actually takes a a sort of a lack of ego in a way from Russell T Davis to have to to have not sort of just gone we don't need any of that actually this is ours um uh because um I think a lot of people would have gone yeah I mean there were these audio things but we're with the people bringing Doctor Who back and you know they're nothing you know I I think a lot I think you'd be surprised uh how how uncommon Russell T Davis's very generous and giving uh, approaches in that way. Oh, I like the fact that Adam has a cup of coffee. I like things that make Doctor Who seem real. I mean, I've already I've, nobody's even chosen Mind Warp yet, but Crozy having his cup of having his sip of coffee is definitely my favourite bit of that episode. Um, uh, nobody likes a boy genius, do they? I mean, he does this this well. There's bits there's bits that I don't like. Uh, in, in some of their dynamic um, um, but 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 actually no this scene's really nice it works yeah I don't like that bit I don't I don't like that bit but I think you're sort of supposed not to like it are you I don't know um, but nobody likes a boy genius um, <laughs> did Hadrick die for nothing um, but of course this is deliberate because uh um, uh, because of what happens in the next story he's the companion who couldn't but actually uh, these are like people from a from a modern program and Doctor Who still had you know Doctor Who still to me was so entrenched in in what it was and the, the, the you know the, these sorts of characters were great for 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 for, for, for bringing it into the in, into the modern world and Billy Piper is so important to that um and they do do lots of herring down corridors later. So that's very exciting. And the fact that it's America, I think, is is really good. Because, again, uh, I think 
we imagine a lot of Doctor Who happening with stuffy British politicians and, you know, it's usually filled with British accents and, you know, the science fiction that was big and important and, 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 and that dwarfed ours because it had more money was always the American stuff. So it always seemed a, a cut above, even, even just if it was in terms of spectacle and money rather than, than anything else. But it was the, it was the one that, it was, it was the type of sci-fi that, you know, one was intimidated by. God, imagine what we could do if we had that sort of budget. So I think the fact that it's set in America and has generally genuine American voices in it uh, really helps to give it a sort of epic grandeur as well. Um, and 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 I sort of like the Doctor's... I like what the Doctor does when you have a man who's kingdom of all he surveys van staten and the doctor essentially just goes you you know in in the grand scheme of things you're nothing um but that doesn't mean that you know he's not dangerous to the doctor uh and and this is this is a great showcase for what eccleston brings to the doctor the not only the battle scarredness but the intensity uh that the, the the fact that he's sort of above all of this, all of this stuff that's getting in his way, even as he's trussed up and being x-rayed, it is is standing between him and the bigger picture. And that's what often happens with disasters, is that it's, it's little assholes like uh, Van Staten, uh, uh, obsessed with their own fiefdoms, that uh, uh, they fail to realise how actually extremely unimportant they are and how their selfishness can facilitate far worse things and uh, and I think that deals with it with this very nicely and I and, and I, I, I I do like all the different comparisons between you know what the Dalek represents and what and what we are because I've just been doing inferno funnily enough and and uh, you know what what could we be under slightly different circumstances um, you know and, and and you know how how, how many similarities do we actually have with if we strip away the staccato voice and the uh, pepper pot silhouette and all of that just how different are we uh from the daleks you know um uh and it you know sometimes the similarities are frightening and this episode goes off at a, a, a lick and, and of course i actually remember when this was on Chris Moyles, BBC Radio 1 DJ, very popular, saying, oh, the new series of Doctor Who's been brilliant, hasn't it? Apart from the one with a Dalek that got feelings. And you go, oh, no, you've misunderstood it. You have, you have, you have, you have mistaken this for being that subgenre, like the iBorg one where, where of, of the next generation, which is an excellent episode, of course. Um, but when something becomes excellent, it can then become a cliche. But this is not a story where the Dalek learns to be like us uh, and that's sad because it's a cre killing creature who who has the potential to be one of us and that's the tragedy because he will never be allowed to be us. This turns that on its head. This is much cleverer. This is a Dalek that becomes like us and experiences feelings that we feel but you misunderstand the text if you then go... Uh, and so it's the Dalek learning to be human. It's the Dalek experiencing love and kinship and all these feelings that we say are good, 
that separate us from the Daleks, that make us better. So the, the cliche would be to go, the Dalek gets that. And, oh, it's it's sad because the, the Dalek gets a glimpse of a better life. No, the Dalek experiences all the things we like and finds them disgusting. Uh, and, you know, this is poison. This is sickness. Now, that is so very clever. I th And I think that message was in, was initially on, on first viewing by many sort of not, not quite understood. Um, in fact, I remember I didn't know Rob at the time. I've since got to know him very well. Um, he did a... He did a I think a live Q and A on on uh, on uh, on Gallifrey Base or Gallifrey One as was. Oh, brilliant! You see, yeah, take the sucker, and you actually see his face get squashed. They obviously manipulate the picture, and that is genius. Um, and Nigel Whitney was in quite a lot at the time. Uh, he actually did a thing with me on Radio Four Extra, but we never actually met—an archive hour thing where he 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 did some voice work on a thing I presented about the golden age of American radio. So we've been in the same thing without actually having met. And I like the way John Schwab goes, that's got a billion combinations. It's just a, there's something very natural about having real American voices in it and the, and, the, and the way that they speak in a way that sometimes English actors doing American don't. Uh, it just, yeah, and I, I like the, 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 the nature of all of that. Um, so what was I saying about Rob? Oh, yeah, and somebody at this Gallifrey base thing, you know, this, I, I, I was naive. I thought the internet talking about Doctor Who people would just be nice and somebody went put something like soppy Dalek sucked or something it wasn't soppy but it was something like that and it was definitely sucked and I thought oh so somebody's gone gone to the trouble of uh you know going on this live chat with Rob and uh and and just said a rude thing and I've since met Rob and he's quite a, quite a few sort of people have said to him yeah I hated that one it was terrible um uh but bless him, he. I'm sure. I'm sure not as many have said it as he likes to say because he likes telling stories where everything's a disaster. His, if he if he writes his own autobiography, it will it will definitely be full of awkward encounters and disastrous moments because those are the stories he likes to tell about himself. Uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful guy, brilliant writer, and I got to know him after this just because we both m did an event together, and I was amazed that he would even talk to me, and uh, we actually you know ended up becoming good friends we've written some books together and should be writing some more uh so that's very clever the dalek has now managed to regenerate itself although i quite liked it when it was a bit knackered um and i was worried when i saw the new design because the big ears i know they're not ears um were reminiscent of the ones in the films which i didn't i didn't actually like the big ears of the ones in the films um uh but they really work on this tank-like thing, and I love this. This is amazing, and you see the 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 uh, the skeleton, which is a callback to Remembrance of the Daleks. But I remember, I think they had a bit of a clip of this on a. They did a documentary voiced by David Tennant uh, that I think showed that bit, uh, or it certainly showed a bit of the. So we knew what we were getting with the Dalek uh, Dalek extermination effect. But, but seeing it in this battle was... The, and, and the fact that the midsection... Again, that's another... Th I think that was the bit, actually, the hands on the gun. Uh, so I sort of knew that was coming. But but within the whole context of that battle sequence, which is, one, machine guns, always better than laser guns. Uh, oh, he's so horrible. Um, vile, vile man. Um, uh, but that battle... Uh, and and, and of course the mission statement of this is go make one Dalek 
absolutely unstoppable. And, you know, mission accomplished already, and there's still loads of bits to come. Uh, it was such a thrill watching this. This was, and it's it's odd because did, Rob is not is not the writer you would expect to sort of write, you know, Die Hard, which is essentially what this is. You'd expect him to write one about, you know, a, a sentient cabinet that uh, uh, has a whimsical plan to um, make everyone on Earth talk to milkshakes. I mean, that's how his imagination works. He's a strange, he's a strange whimsical fellow, but he's adapts himself to this so, so brilliantly. And I think this is a terrific note, perfect script really. Um, and again, brilliant. What a moment to just go. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. Now, even though it had happened in remembrance of the Daleks, most people watching this hadn't seen and didn't care about that. Uh, Jaina Carpenter playing DiMaggio uh, I also love I've interviewed her uh, she's ace she's really kooky she's really fun she's in a band called Sweet Billy Pilgrim and another band called Pie Finger I have the Pie Finger CD on my in my music collection it's excellent uh, she's married to Julian Simpson who directed the Gangers episodes uh, she's met Nicholas Stevenson who's an actress I know I've worked with a lot uh and she's great. I really liked her. Um, she was really good fun. Um, uh, and she's and I like. I, I'm a I'm a sucker for scenes where people say, "You go, I'll stay." Uh, it's sort of how I want to go. I mean, if if if, if you know if, if if oh, and she looks terrified as well. Um, oh, she's dead. Oh, I think that's so sad. Um, uh, yeah and she's great I'm, I'm a big fan of Jaina Carpenter I think she's she's top notch she was introduced to me by uh, Joe Lidstow like some big fan oh god I'm now sounding like the worst ah I love stop apologising Toby I don't care um, I love that population one million all dead I love that uh, I love the you go I'll stay hold you off I love the you know yeah if 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 this Dalek's that out, one what, what is it? One million people are going to die. But the way that it's phrased, all of that action, adventure, movie sort of dialogue and stuff within Doctor Who floats my boat and it makes me punch the air. Uh, and I love it, especially that it's been bit by Rob, who is a big pumbling teddy bear. <laughs> such a clever man, but such an idiosyncratic man. But he's he's morphed his particular skill set into this perfectly uh and 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 it's and so it shows just, just as you shouldn't typecast actors you shouldn't typecast writers i would love though rob to get his hands on some more tv episodes where he can do some of the stuff uh you know that that is that is more to, of, of 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 his particular style uh and also this of course is based on an excellent or has its you know uh you can trace its lineage back to jubilee an excellent um uh big finish with a prisoner Dalek and a very uh, satirical look at how we'd you know turn the Daleks into merchandise and much-loved figures of fun when as of course they're actually and, and we as a nation it's curious isn't it we do have an affection for the Daleks we love the Daleks and yet they are and they're, they're comfortable and yet they're comfortable homicidal fascist killers uh, I, I wrote in something once that I've not done anything with at the moment but uh, that they're like 
they're, they're boiled eggs and soldiers with a final solution you know there's there's something that we trace back to our childhood they are they represent yeah the 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 the, the wolf under the bridge the troll under the bridge in our childhood the 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 the, the scare the thing that scared us as our childhood that, that but therefore as as adults they're slightly weirdly comforting because because they're a thing as they're still part of our cultural landscape but we are now adults and we know that they're safe and as a result that that makes us feel a little bit safer and more comfortable as adults so i think it's a curious paradox and a, a fascinating phenomenon and i'm not sure there's much as much like it and this is brilliant now it's because they go you've seen it hover now we're going to hover again uh and uh kill all of these people uh and yes machine guns really work um they 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 have a sort of visceral immediacy and the, the hot metal flying about is is you know again it's all it's all pretty grim and grown up and uh and, and, and sort of you know not twee campy doctor who as can sometimes be the image and this is pretty horrible because uh one one shot kills them all uh but uh i think the speaking commander will get a slightly longer death because he's a He's a hired actor, so uh, he 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 at least, uh, uh, and he's he's also in. Uh, he gets killed by the Daleks twice, doesn't he? Because he's in uh, he's in uh, Daleks in Manhattan as well. Joe Montana. Uh, he's also got quite a big part in a jo Legionnaire, a Jean Claude Van Damme film that I saw later. And I once went, oh, it's that guy. Um, but yeah, this is the lighting in this scene is fantastic. Um, I. I sometimes find this first series Doctor a little bit murky uh, on the eye, but the lighting here is absolutely the helipad. So she's a helipad. There's no parrot to the to the helipad. She's this helipad. Ah, I see. Yeah, that's not going to be one of my favourite things, Anna Louise Plowman. I actually forgot her name about a couple of years ago when I was. And I went, well, I know it's something, something, something. Da 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 da. And I, I forgot, I forgot the name of an actor that's in Doctor Who, which was terrible for me. I, and I, I couldn't now do every actor that's been in Doctor Who. I could do everyone from the classic series um, and a lot of the extras, but uh, I, I would be hard pressed to give you a cast list to a story. Uh, I think post RTD, maybe I could probably just about do most of the most of the rtd stories just about not all of them i'm thinking there's a couple i don't know the name of the some of the people who flash up very quickly in army of ghosts uh i think i could do the news readers but uh i don't think the lady who has the ecto shine or or the lady with the t-shirt so uh anyway <laughs> uh this i i was i was cycling to a gig at the comedy store uh, so when would that have been? But it was definitely the store. I love this scene. And so I'd seen clips of this, especially in the next time, next time trailer. Uh, oh, so maybe it was the Sunday. It was Sunday after World War Three. And I was cycling to a gig. And so it had a bit of this, the bit where he spits, where he says, why didn't you just die? kill yourself oh it's pretty because the because the, the and it's and it's great because it shows the doctor as we very very rarely see him and of course 
it then teaches him that this is wrong. Uh, and the spittle on Eccleston is is great. Shows it's a, and because it, you don't see spit on people actually very often on television. And often an actor would go, "Oh, can I do that again?" Uh, a bit of vanity, you know. And actually, a director might go, "Should we do it again, love?" Because it's a bit. But actually, it, it, it's the making of it. We need more spit on television. Uh, but that that face off is great because the doctor. You know, it says, doesn't it? You would make a good Dalek later, um, uh, or is it just said it? Uh, but but, um, and this stuff is great because, uh, uh, yeah, he's vault sealing the vault off. That's a that's just a that's just a thing, isn't it? It's just a beat, but it's it's a great way of adding a bit of drama. And of course, uh, Rose gets cut off. So we that's what's amazing about these these episodes. Actually, when you watch them again, is that. Every five minutes, there's a there's a killer moment. We don't have episode endings like we used to in four parties, but there are enough dramatic high points. They're so brilliantly structured that they're not allowed to meander. Um, and and actually, the ante keeps being upped. Uh, and the doc, yeah, the doctor has to, the doctor has to, and and it's not just an action thing. It's an action thing that has an emotional consequence for the doctor. It's not enough that the bulkhead doors are closing. It's that he has to close them. Uh, and of course, you know, in your head, you, you sort of go, but they're not, they're not going to kill Rose. But actually, it's done with enough seriousness and in intent and, and truth in the performances that you think, I, I think you, you buy it. You totally buy the situation. Um, I'm sure I was saying something. Oh yeah, so I was I was cycling to the comedy store, uh, and I was a bit blasé about. It. So I mean, no, I was a tent, bit of a tentative cycler, but I remember being especially tentative that night, and going, "Oh God, I got to keep an eye out for the cars too, because you know, it would be typical if now that Doctor Who's back and it's brilliant and everybody loves it. It'd be typical if I got knocked off my bicycle and killed before the Daleks were back." Uh, and that made me go, oh God, so it is important that the Daleks come back. And 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 that I was thinking in such terms, it would be a tragedy if I died now because because there's still more Doctor Who greatness to come. Uh, and oh my God, I mean, the weeks used to pass by agonisingly slowly. I, would, I mean, I would watch the episodes again and again and again uh, of, of, of New Who, but also, you know, the next the next edition of Doctor Who magazine, you know, with, with its tidbits and its snippets and, and Russell T. Davis was very good at, you know, feeding feeding just enough out or or doing enough things that would tantalise you. Each episode had a sort of headline, uh, which was really, really clever. That's what's so clever about these, these early New Who's is that ev every episode is the one with, you know, where, where there's something that makes you go, oh, yeah, I've got to watch this one because it wasn't like, oh, yeah, well, it'll be this one. But then next week, there's, there's the one I really want to watch. There was something about every episode that that had a headline, that had a grab. And this one, of course, is that simple word, Dalek. But, of course, then what they do brilliantly is that they deal with the Dalek so well. And those shots of it being sort of cold, silent and impassive. Joe Ahern, excuse me, um absolutely superb direction 
Um, he does the action well. He does the menace well. He does the emotion well. Uh, and she's, she's so good. Um, oh, it truly is. A, 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 and, 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 and of course, Rose is so effective to, to our, uh, our understanding of, of Doc 2 when it comes back that of course she is the Dalek she is our conduit into this strange show she is the casual viewers conduit into this strange show but she is also the Daleks conduit into our world of emotion um those Tyler still alive um I th and I think we I think we bulked at the how much would you do for the woman you love? Um, <coughs> I think we're. I, th I. I mean, I'm. I'm still. I'm still wary of of. The doctor, having romance, just because. Well, it was important to me as a kid who who, uh, you know, was not particularly successful with with, uh, romance, uh, and, and didn't feel I had the. The equipment, the you know, and I mean by that confidence, a glib tongue, good looks, athleticism, all the things I associated with people being successful with members of, of the opposite sex. Um, Doctor was a comfort is that they, they, they did have the things that, that I felt I did have, which was a bit of an outsider thing and hairdryer great line <laughs> and he's great doing this because you don't really imagine christopher eccleston doing this very trouton-esque tom bakery stuff of you know getting loads of gubbins and chucking it about and it and it really works and he is slightly awkward and gangly about the way that he does it uh and of course this actually reverses a lot of the cliches too that we're gonna come up but yeah so so doc two and romance um and I, every other program in the universe has romance, and I, and I think Doc, you know, I think sometimes when you can't do stuff, but but they actually judge it all very well here. I mean, I you know, I definitely bawled my eyes out when Rose and the Doctor could no longer see each other, and 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 I think there's just enough of it. Now, this is different, isn't it, Staten? Tortured me. Now I I've got a feeling on either the DVD release. Or the broadcast, please. That you tortured me is a different enunciation. Uh, um, that's. I, I might do it as the. I think you'll find, or I might just leave it in the air. Um, uh, I, I, as I say, I, 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 not these are not professions of expertise these these are reactions and celebrations but i can't resist throwing in something i think might be a fact um <coughs> uh she's extremely thin anna louise plan isn't she um um you know the doctor toting a gun which is uh, you know could could uh, in the wrong hands be an absolutely awful thing but it's actually the whole point is that you know what uh, he's not the what, as Rose says shortly he's not the one who's pointing a gun at me. And in fact, that's one of the many things the Doctor doesn't do. The Doctor doesn't tote a gun in the same way that the Doctor doesn't doesn't fall in love, as it were. And those restrictions mean you have to do more interesting things with the character. But 
Of course, that does mean if you do have the bit, and I think the bit in, in Resurrection is very good where he has the gun and says, I'm going to go and kill Davros. Because the Doctor so infrequently does that, it's a big, big moment. Um, because this comes off the back of the hair dry joke and he does the lock and load, it's it's perhaps not got the welly it, it might have. Um, and also because the Doctor's only six episodes old. Um, but, you know, seeing the Doctor with a gun should be a bit, a bit sickening, really. Um, but this is now. This is where I think this episode is is very clever. But interestingly, though, you know, it took the classic series a long, long time to show us the innards of a Dalek. I think it's a sign of today's television, um, where we go, oh no, we immediately have to see that. Imagine if we'd not seen that for five years. But of course, they didn't know they were going to last for as long as the show has lasted. But like when the Ice Warriors came back, they immediately go, you know, the thing they never did in the original series. Let's do that with the thing. And you go, what? Why? Why so? why so quick for the money shot um but this is this is brilliant and i think this uh, and i think yeah i think this is very 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 clever because the doc the thick because you sometimes find yourself reacting to people that wind you up or upset you or have done bad things to you 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 pr sometimes they might say something innocuous and you behave over your reaction is so over the top because of sort of the baggage that comes with it and what you almost not what they've just said but what you can infer from what they've said if you want to look upon it badly um and not even people you don't like sometimes people that you you love i reacted to something my, my partner said the other day uh, uh really wrongly because i didn't think about it because i and not because of what she'd said but because of some baggage that i'd attached to something else because of the day and blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, and it sort of brings out the the worst in you and you react in an egregious manner um and so the dalek brings out the worst potentialities of the doctor and brilliantly makes him you know as bad as the thing he fears but what's so clever about this is that it would have been a legitimate sci-fi trope to have gone I am a Dalek and I feel things and I I understand what it's like to be human. Oh no, I can't cope with this. <coughs> I'm so sad. Kill me. But he's he's not doing that. I don't think anyone's told the composer and I think that's part of that's an issue with this scene because the composer's going isn't it sad? And I like Murray Gold's music a lot. But the music is, the soundtrack is going, isn't it sad that my Dalek is a bit human and we must be sad and we must cry? Whereas actually the Dalek's going, it's not sad that I'm human. It's going, the you know, these beautiful things? Oh, sunlight, very animals, love, kinship. They're disgusting and they're horrible and everything you are is poison to me that is really clever that is beyond the cliche that that uh, uh, that even that relatively f fresh cliche uh, is 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 turned on its head uh, and finds a use for dalek bumps brilliant um so i think it, i think this is a really clever story and i didn't quite pick up on 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 this element of the ending at the end the the, the first time i think um, uh, and it's a great performance from Nicholas Briggs. It's a great performance from 
Billy Piper. It was just amazing. I love the fact that there are bits of roof on the floor as well. Uh, and, you know, he's not the one pointing the gun at me is a great line because it sort of shows how far the doctor can be driven. Uh, you know, this, 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 this great hero. That's great. Great. And Eccleston is so good. So much. He doesn't move his face there, but saying so much. I like that of an actor when the expression doesn't change, but you know what they're saying. Uh, yes, and you're sort of wondering, how are they going to get rid of Van Staten? Because he hasn't died yet. Uh, which is which is a nice ending for him, except if he is the all-powerful. Well, I suppose, no, because I suppose all, they've seen all their mates die, so they're going to go... Yeah, we will. Uh, we, we will obey uh, the woman who can't pronounce helipad. Um, no, it's it's a nice po bit of poetic justice, and uh, Adam's gonna come and join the crew um, to show brilliantly again to show just how special Rose is. Is that not everybody can just jump in the TARDIS? Uh, <laughs> and I quite like the doctor's uh, sort of je je jealousy of Adam. <laughs> um, oh, what a nostalgic kick. Well, I'm glad I didn't get knocked off my bicycle uh, before Dalek. I think this is a truly brilliant episode. Um, I'm sorry if I've been a bit a bit name droppy on it. Today, uh, Pixel, I've written a book with Rob Shearman and I got introduced to Jane Carpenter by Joe Lidster. Um, I yeah I I would have I would have driven at my bicycle if I if, I, if I'd been listening to that so uh, I shall I shall try and swerve uh, if I see any of you coming while you while you're listening to to that particular um, uh, yeah name dropping session I didn't mean to do that um, it just thrills me that I meet people from Doctor Who and sometimes I meet them because of funny little coincidences and I'm I'm hooked up by people from disparate places. Oh, and here's Colin Proctor. I was so excited to see Colin because uh, my acting career had started at this point and I'd I'd done a play but but I'd never been in the position where somebody I'd worked with as an as an actor had been in Doctor Who after I'd worked with them. I'd worked with people who'd been in Doctor Who before, do you know what I mean? And that was exciting enough. But Colin I I was in Bentwith at the uh, sorry, Loot Loot at the Anna Maxwell Martin. Loot at the Royal Exchange Theatre, and and uh, you know spent a lot heavy duty time with Colin, uh, and then he's 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 cast in uh, in uh, the long game. Uh, oh no! Don't don't jump. So how do I stop you jumping from the credits? Do I do that? Yes, because it's a little box in the corner appears to go. Ah, let's take you away from the written word because that's too much for you. Look how slowly these are going. These were still seen as, I think, a little bit too quick and a little bit too small. Mike Tucker, model unit, that's what we like. Um, but this, uh, compared to what you get now, is, I mean, is a, is a meander. Um, the campaign for real credit starts here. Um, I adored that. Oh, I, and I've forgotten that I need to um, uh, choose... I need to choose five things. I wrote down one thing, didn't I? Um, uh, so, um, well, I think Spitty Christopher Eccleston. 
I mean, it's 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 more than just saying a performance. Um, I th I think it's the fact that because I think he's always good. You know, all the doctors are always good. So it would be you know it would be a bit boring if every time we went oh the doctor. Um, but I think the the war scarred. Um, I'm meeting my nemesis. Uh, I'm going to tell them to die. Um, real, um, you know, emotion. I, I, I'm pushed to the very limit of what the doctor is to the extent that I carry a gun. Uh, Eccleston performance is, is, you know, and all that is is great. It's great. So uh, yeah, spitty, spitty Christopher Eccleston. I'm putting the Dalek reveal scene just because um because of the lighting because of the music yeah that simplistic music and, and just the way that they introduce the dalek you know it's a new series to a lot of people it's also an old series coming back to a lot of people and this is a moment of great import and they don't waste the opportunity without alienating newcomers this says guys this is big and old and people who've been coming with a certain weight of expectation go i have not been let down by uh by by the way that uh, you know they've resurrected uh, my my childhood uh uh i think die, die hard i think the fact that it is an action movie with americans uh, and machine guns and all of that you know nearest city whatever it was how many population women all dead you know all of that 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 all you know in fact it's a few people trapped in a building with doors that have to be sealed and all of that um i think make it make it very very special uh i think the dalek the way that they treat the the thing about the way that they take every potential hokey thing about dalek and turn it into something lethal and terrifying and that was a, a deliberate ploy um and uh it you know it it paid off supremely well and i think five that that idea that genius idea that the cliche is if you touch humanity and so much of what doctor is about so much about russell t davis's doctor is about is the doctor is even influenced by us because he's this lofty alien who's got his you know sees the whole of time and space and everything in between that sometimes our little our little small beautiful things that what life is all about are lost on him and, and we help him to connect or her now to to connect with those things but actually this this turns that on its head and says oh yeah there's all these brilliant things that are human but but the, but with for the for the dalek those are disgusting and those are poison and that's what makes them and us what well, that's what makes them so inimical to us um and and, and that what makes them such a potent threat so I, th I do think that's slightly different to to what i've said you know the suckers and all of, of of that sort of stuff i think those are my five things so the daleks reveal spitty christopher eccleston uh die hard uh Dalek shortcomings turned into lethal things, and then the, you know, yeah, the the, the refusal to have the the, the cliche of uh, of humanity uh, making someone feel better, and in fact, it makes the Dalek feel worse. So, uh, what has Izzy gone for? She's chosen five things. 
thing that I really enjoy is Van Staten's arrival. Not just because you get as the helicopter descends, did you hear it? Did you hear Bad Wolf? Did you? Did you? Oh, it's exciting. I was not expecting Bad Wolf to happen. I wasn't really familiar with what Russell T. Davis was going to do with Doctor Who when it first came out. So the whole Bad Wolf thing was incredibly gripping when it was revealed. And you can hear as the uh, our helicopter comes down, it says Bad Wolf descending. So yes, that was incredibly exciting. But also what I really liked is a sort of slight reference to Die Hard when he's going through the corridors. It's kind of Die Hard meets West Wing uh, when they're all chatting together. And there's lots of lovely little jokes that happen there. Uh, Memphis, Minnesota or whatever, somewhere beginning with M, memory wiping going on. There's a lot of character reveal here, including the English kid. And yeah, no, it's really, I, I just really like that little scene. Um, and like I say, very West Wing. I mean, they're obviously, it doesn't look like it's filmed in Cardiff at all. <laughs> oh, isn't she great? <laughs> um, yeah, although the bad wolf is a funny one because it's in that flashback they go, oh, it's of course, these are all the occasions that bad wolf was said. Rose and the doctor aren't actually there when the helicopter lands. So it's, it's almost like the bad wolf, you know, meme is being thread throughout the universe and they sort of chuck it at, uh, at, at Utah 2010 or whatever, it, whenever it is. Uh, there's what, oh, we missed. We missed, they're not there yet. Never mind, go and go and, go and spray paint it on a playground. Okay, um, okay, time, uh, or whoever. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, West Wing, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, she did mention Die Hard, though. wonder if she'll mention Die Hard again. So that's one point to her, because I didn't say that. So here's her second one. Now, I'm pretty sure Toby won't have pick this one up but I really like this and that is somebody on the set design likes the same artist I do now I'm not sure how to say this artist's name she's Polish um it's Tamara de Lempica Lempica I'm not really sure how to say her name um but um I absolutely adore her art um she was a bisexual artist in um, the 1920s 1930s when she was big she does art deco pieces really sexy la naked ladies and she did a picture called a portrait of a man which is of a man hunched over in a coat skyscrapers behind him anybody who knows her recognizes that painting and for some reason it's of Van Staten it's stood behind him in his office and it's in loads of shots in this so I don't really understand why that they chose this but i love the fact that they did um also weirdly right if you're gonna go proper like you know let's fangirl it out here okay so if van staten this is set in 2012 filmed obviously 2005 but set in 2012 the future right and what seems to be very odd is that he's got a portrait of him done by an artist who died in 1961 Mm, on a show about time travel what's it trying to say probably nothing it's probably just an artist going i like this painting i want to paint it again but with his face on it maybe um but it's quite a sinister portrait as well it kind of reveals a lot about the man because he's really center and forward and there's a lot of richness behind him but he's also a sinister character and i like little details like that so well done set designers i very much enjoyed that i love that i mean no i never would have chosen that because i had no idea uh, but I love that. This is the virtue of having fascinating people uh, on your Facebook friends uh, uh, network uh, and that you encounter actually as a comic because comedy is, is, is the makeup of the comedy world is uh, hugely eclectic and you meet people and if you're wise you learn from them because you meet people from backgrounds you, you might not meet in sort of other workspaces. Uh, let's fangle it out. I love that. 
uh, I love that phraseology from Izzy there. Well, I didn't know about Tamara Flurble Derble. Um, uh, and it's, so it's, it's 2012, isn't it? Not 2010. Um, uh, but that's a, that's a lovely fact. I was never going to get that, but uh, that's a good one. I'll take it. Um, I wonder if she's going to say the line about the hairdryer. I nearly, by the way, said the line about the hairdryer um, rather than three different things about the Dalek. But I just react how I react. Right, bit three. Uh, I, mean, I could overthink it, but... Now, obviously, Toby's going to pick this because it is absolutely amazing. And that is the scene where the Doctor sees the Dalek, freaks out, realises the Dalek can't kill it, and then talks... It. And it's almost though this whole thing where Christopher Eccleston is circling the Dalek and yelling at it. And it's almost like it's his own interior monologue. It's the Doctor hating himself and his life, the fact that he's pretty much immortal and he has to deal with the loneliness of space and the futility of existence. And what's the point? You've not got any orders. And uh, his realisation when he just turns to it and goes, I know I should do. Exterminate. And it's one of the only times where Christopher Eccleston's, you know, use of the gurning, the the grin that he does with the cheeky ears, um, it really works here because he's mainly just given it his all in this scene. This is the scene where you're just realising how he goes from utterly terrified to utterly rageful to utterly, like, demonic and evil. And it's brilliant because it gives this Doctor this huge arc and you just go, oh, oh, this might be a bit grown up. Actually, I can watch this and tell people that I've watched it and not feel like a child. <laughs> um, yes. I'm going to give myself a point now. I think if it comes to a tie, um, I can't. I can't win on this point. Because um, I sort of said the first Dalek scene and I highlighted the sort of Dalek's light turning on. But I did say the first Dalek scene because it's got... But then I didn't bang on about, uh, uh, you know, Eccleston's reaction. I do choose spitty Christopher Eccleston as something else. But I but I think I'm allowed that because uh, when I was talking about the first Dalek scene, I meant the whole sort of weight of import of that, of that first encounter. Uh, and yes, she's right. And I didn't talk about it enough in the episode because I get sidetracked, don't I? Um, ab about that that first confrontation that is so uh, very good um, and works on lots of different levels, thanks to the writing and to the performance. So I, I get a. I think I'm. I think I'm allowing myself a point for that. Okay. The thing I really like about this episode is you get to see the whole Dalek. Why they explain its design. Okay, so they explain the suckery thing. Not only can that suffocate you, um, but it can also, like, you know, it's not fair for unblocking sinks. And that isn't a whisk. No. Uh, it, everything about this Dalek is explained. So I think we've seen, I'm pretty sure, I think it's in the Five Doctors you see inside a Dalek. There's one. I'm pretty sure you see, or maybe it's just smothered in a towel or something. But you, do, you we have seen what Daleks look like inside their casing before. But it's just nice the way it all opens up. Yes, it's very CGI, but that was impressive in 2005. Right? You have to believe me. But the way it opens up and the balls on the outside going into a circle and everything being explained is just such a lovely... Oh, all of this machine makes sense. Uh, and it, it is a, it's a scary thing again because everything about its design is perfect, is there for a reason. It's not there because they were trying to do something on the cheap in the 1960s. This is a scary monster. You should be afraid. Elevate. 
Oh, very good. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm allowed that. Although I did, you know, I talk about I chose you know the sucker killing as, but but I was I was talking specifically about, you know, the perception that could be had of the Daleks that's turned on its head, um, rather than what Izzy was talking about there, which is similar but different uh, about the rationalising of the very different bits of the iconic design which is also extremely clever but slightly different from mine so i'm gonna lose this one um uh but the, yeah slightly related but good good points good points uh well made and interesting though isn't it seeing somebody younger sort of going yeah but you know cgi was fine in 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 those days so you know don't worry kids from now and i'm going oh, it looks absolutely fine to me I, I, I will be more about yes those model shots from 1985 are, are good I mean they were they were good for the time so oi kids from now so isn't it funny so I suspect even in 2041 people will be watching Doctor Who from 2021 uh, and, and some shot that we've thought of being absolutely amazing going that was good for the time you know um, <laughs> uh, is it, but it, it is true that the, the CGI and, and and the bit where the, the, the Dalek um hovered uh it, 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 they, they you know you you can see the joins as it were which you you couldn't so much at the time because actually what you were used to um you know was was worse fringing and actual strings and blah, blah, blah. and it's amazing how you, your eye gets used to stuff so that stuff that actually looked so amazing at the time actually now in the context of what we see today and, and plopped in the middle of that you go oh okay that 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 is found slightly wanting in areas but but as she says at the time uh that looked absolutely amazing and it did and it did uh so isn't it funny so never you know nothing dates like the future uh like like televisual representations of the future and and you know what what if you sit and watch telly made now and see ah oh, telly's the best with a golden age uh, you know uh, it there will be elements of it that look different in 20 years time that is the curse of making anything so never be too snidey about stuff from the olden days i'm preaching to the converted but if anybody's listening to this that it hasn't watched every episode of Doctor Who, knows it backwards, well, that, that'll learn you. Um, what is his favourite? Final favourite bit. Can I, can I get some... Uh, can I merge with some dignity? Now, is this the first episode where we realise that the Doctor loves Rose? I'm trying to remember the first one to five. Because I think this is... I mean, it's implied by Rose's mum that he's a bit of a dish. But I, I think this is, you know, the first time that Rose... I, she learns that the Doctor loves her because the Dalek says so. And he lets her out, along with the Dalek, which we've already worked out is unstoppable at this point. Apart from the fact, obviously, it's got human inside it. It's got humans, it's tainted. I don't particularly like that plot point, but you kind of need it because a tarnished Dalek is not a good Dalek and not a happy Dalek. So, yeah, I think that's quite interesting. This is, is this the first time that we hear that 
the Doctor loves Rose, and not in a, also not in a particularly you know horrific. When I was Rose's age, when I watched this, so I, I was just going, well, that's fine, that's fine. There's, and now I'm just uh, this old lady going, well, she's only nineteen. Goodness sake, Christopher, that's disgusting. But he doesn't make it's not a lascivious. It's just it's like you know companion love rather than you know what it turns into, where you need to replicate yourself to go off with her forever. That was. Anyway, so um, that is that is an interesting thing. It's a Dalek recognizing a love which the main characters might not have realized was there. Uh, that is interesting because I actually hadn't thought about it in that way. T- too preoccupied was I with going. Am, am I I'm not? Am I sure about this love thing? I'm not uh, interested. Whereas uh, Izzy, of course, is, doesn't come with those preconceptions and that baggage. And, and as she said at the time, was just like, yeah, that's okay. And now goes. Oh, that's slightly odd. Whereas, funny enough, at the time I was like, I'm not, I don't know about Doctor and Love and stuff like that. And now I sort of go, I'm sort of slightly reconciled to that. But actually, yeah, then there's the age thing. It's, it's funny the journeys we we go on. But it's good to it's good to change your mind and perspectives over time. Um, but that that perspective is not one I'd I'd thought of, uh, and certainly was not one of my reasons. Uh, so I I sort of get one point if I'm if I'm lucky. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to allow myself because it's not going to affect the result or the official. So, uh, yeah, one point for me, four points to Izzy. Izzy has wiped the floor with me. Uh, what a tonic. I haven't spoken to Izzy in ages and I absolutely loved the energy uh, and quirkiness and witticism uh, that she brought to that and the phrase, let's fangle it out, uh, and her brilliant perspectives and the... Uh, yeah and she chose stuff that I would never have chosen and that's again the virtue of of bringing somebody else in and going what's your take on Doctor Who Uh, and it's a reminder that that I think this whole thing is a reminder that you know you can have your take on why you love a a story and and somebody else's take might be absolutely and completely different Uh, and I think that's that's worth remembering so that Actually, then, when somebody doesn't like something you like, you just go, well, that's okay, because they might even like different things about ones we both like. Um, Let's find out a bit more about Izzy, who has really put a spring in my step uh, uh, this evening, uh, watching quite a, you know, grim in many places episode of Doctor Who uh, by bringing her fiercely comic imagination and... uh, sort of zany-minded approach. Uh, let's see what she's up to. Well, thank you very much. Um, that was my episode. I do hope you enjoy it, because really, this is like a grown-up, proper themes. You know, how can a man be so good and yet so evil at the same time? What does war and genocide do to a person? It turns them into the thing they hate. Oh, so good. So um, if you want to find out more about me, please go to izzy.com. And I know you're a nerd, so you do like dinosaurs because you're a human being who wouldn't like dinosaurs. Go to terriblelizards.co.uk. Find out about that. Um, I do lots of stuff on the internet, so you should do that. And also, if you know any short people, it's a really good book. It really is. It's like, you know, look how thick it is. And it's worth it. You should buy it. Um, but I've been Izzy Lawrence and um, I do hope that you have a lovely life Um, yes many lives um, throughout time and space Uh, that was the unstoppable Letty Peg that she was uh, for those because Izzy has sent me a video so uh, she was advertising uh, izzy.com izzi.com and terrible lizards 
uh, and her book, The Unstoppable Letty Peg. But she was doing that through visual references, which will be great on the YouTube video of this, uh, which, if you can see me, that's what this is. Hello. Uh, if you can't, I haven't put that together yet, and you're listening to the much easier to edit and put together podcast, uh, which has denied you uh, seeing Izzy with her brilliant hair and her not very subtle visual plugs uh, for her various things. Um, so great. Check her out. I can't see how you wouldn't want to after her joyous and joyful contribution to this, which has made uh, uh, my 42 minutes uh, in the presence of uh, Dalek and the brilliant Christopher Eccleston and the fabulous Billy Piper and the incomparable Rob Shearman uh, 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 definitely has made it uh, a happy time and a happy place and uh, I hope it has for you too and uh, let's all get together in uh, in this museum of joy and see what other relics we can pick over next time but until then uh, thanks very much for watching my name is Toby and good night thank you so much for listening to happy times and places presented by me Toby Haydock and with special guest Izzy Lawrence, who you can find, as she said, at izzy.com, I-S-Z-I.com, and on Twitter at Izzy underscore Lawrence. I'd like to thank patrons who include Mark Aldridge, Kit Allen, Sebastian April, Tilt Oriza, Simon Ash, Richard Alt, Martin Bellum, James Blackett, Robin Bland, Kyle Bores, David Brody, Nigel Bromley, Hugh Buchtman, Anthony Carroll, Anthony Carroll, Phil Chapman, Susan Christian, Steve Churchill, Charles Coffin, Paul Colnaghi, Paul Cornell, Peter Crocker, Dave Curran, Matt Dale, Rob Dawson, Robert Davis, Tim Dickinson, Paul Dykes, Andrew East, David Gillespie, Charles Gears, Lisa Gledhill, Robin Groan, Paul J. Guest, and Susan Harrison. The music for this podcast is by Dave Gates. I can't emphasise enough how grateful I am to everybody on that list and more the people who've gone to patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydock and uh, signed up for as little as £3 a month. And you even get 10% off that if you do a year in advance and you get exclusive material, early releases, uh, some other forms of access and also even a badge depending on your tier. Uh, you can also go to ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydoke uh, and do a one-off payment if a monthly commitment is not your thing. But of course, I understand that times are tough and just listening to these, well, gives me a reason for doing them. And I'm grateful to everybody out there who supports these podcasts just by being there. But I'll tell you what costs you nothing. You could review uh, and rate these five stars, please, if you can, because that really helps to tickle my algorithms and they could do with a little bit of a tickle. Uh, and that uh, can be done at whatever outlet uh, you receive your podcasts from. So go on, get tickly. Uh, you can follow these podcasts on uh, at Haydoke Podcasts. They have their own Twitter feed. I have a website, www.tobyhaydoke.com, that has a news and blog and all sorts of other things. Uh, and I've got my own personal Twitter, which is at Toby Haydoke. That's not just Doctor Who related. It's all to do with uh, the comedy stuff that I do as well, which you might be interested in. I mean, you also might not, and that's perfectly understandable. <laughs>